Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Time to blaze. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Jason Graves along with my trusty co-host, Rob McIntyre. That's right. And Mike Janelle. That's right. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Adding balance to the force. That's right. Um, we're thankful to have you listening in today because we've got an exciting show for you today. We're going to talk about a woman's journey from sexual abuse. And in the studio with us today, we have as our guest, Sally. Hello, Sally. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. It's good to have you with us. Thanks. It's Sally's really here. nervous. She's she nervous is. today. I, but I'm, nervous. I'm getting like, better. Okay. Yeah. Not, well, see, we prayed it off of her. That's, and so, right. That's, right. Yeah. Yeah. that's right. right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm not nervous. I'm excited because we've got a message of hope and healing today for those dealing with sexual abuse. And you may remember a few to- uh, shows back, we used this topic where Rob and I shared our story. Mm-hmm. But we kind of want to get a female's perspective today. And so we'll hear from Sally, who is a pastoral nurse and who is working alongside a ministry dealing with uh, sexual abuse in women called Committed to Freedom. In fact, you can find them on the web at committedtofreedom.org. And so, Sally, we'd like to hear a little bit about your story, and then we'll talk about uh, what you're doing in, in terms of uh, ministering to those who are sexually broken in this area. And then okay. we'll uh, kind of ask some some questions to get more information. But tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, and a little bit about your story of where you've come from. Okay. Um, I was born and raised in Connecticut. I have a brother. Um, both my parents are, are gone. Mm-hmm. And um, raised by a very perfectionist father and mm. a very submissive mother, which mm-hmm. I think opened up the door for um, my history of sexual abuse. I mm-hmm. was abused by my brother and my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um Kind of a different and unusual scenario in that my parents knew about it, but nothing was mm, done. Right. Um, so I have had to fight many um, different messages right. um, other than just the sexual abuse. Right. And um, went through a lot of difficulties as a kid. Um, I seem to continue to go through difficulties of questioning um, who I am and what my real purpose is. And mm-hmm. um, since I came to know the Lord, that's that's changed a lot. I no longer deal with the shame and the confusion, mm-hmm. um, but I still fight um, questions of worth and right. value and how do I find that in the Lord rather than looking for love in all the wrong places wow. that those of us who are abused do. Right. Um, I've been married for 33 years mm-hmm. to a wonderful guy who has put up with a lot of stuff, <laughs> and I mean stuff. <laughs> um, we have three adult kids who mm-hmm. are all married, and I have one grandson. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, life has been a challenge for mm-hmm. me to overcome the messages that I received as a kid right. of no value, no worth, um, and, you know, as we're growing up as teenagers, I think we're we're really confused about our sexual identity anyway. And having abuse in your background makes it even more difficult. Absolutely. Because we just don't talk about it. Right. Right. And right. Who, do, who do you tell about this? Right. Um, so that's kind of my background. Wow. <clears throat> well, I'm curious. You said your parents knew about it. 
how did they find out and how did they react? Well, I was raised in a family where children are seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. So um, my brother was in the process of um, sexually abusing me one morning before school, and my mother walked in the bedroom Mm -hmm. and saw it. And what happened after that, I really don't know, because it was never discussed, never talked about. Um, Not even to this day? um, No. It was never an issue... Um, discussed with them, and of course they are both um, now gone. Right. Um, my mom did come to know the Lord before she died. Um, I'm not sure about my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, he was a perfectionist, and he had a very hard uh, family history himself. So um, I think he really didn't quite know how to love um, in the true sense that the that the Lord shows us right. what love is. Right. And um, so it was It was a difficult childhood. And again, right. I really don't know what was said between my mom and dad about this situation. Right. So I, I, can't, I can't give you an answer to that. So, right. Sally, our listeners, uh, you know, are, are probably resonating with your story. And is I'm, there... I'm sorry for that. Well, mm-hmm. no, but that's a good thing because we... I, I know, but I wish they didn't know. About well, absolutely, about but this. but we know the stats and, and we, we know that there's a lot of women out there who are struggling. And I'm just kind of yeah. curious, could you expound a little more on the messages, the core issues, uh, even the, the, the stuff that came out of not being heard from or not being able to have your story brought to justice in your own home? Could you talk a little bit about that? Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I spent my early, um, teen years and adult years reading as many self-help books as Mm. I could get my hands on Mm. because I was absolutely convinced that the problem was in me. Mm. Right. Right. It wasn't what had happened to me, but it literally lived in me. It was me. I was the problem. Yeah. And um, I remember I was married at the time, and I I cannot tell you what book I was reading, but I got so frustrated that I took this book and threw it across the room, and I said, I don't care if the problem is me. I'm not reading another one of these books because it's not changing. I'm not getting better. And um, part of the struggle that I have had has been in finding value and worth Mm -hmm. in just being me. Um, I have a precious sister-in-law who um, is just the neatest lady. She is a preschool teacher Mm. and God only knows why, but she gets up at four o'clock in the morning (laughs) and by five 30, she has vacuumed her house, dusted and written 10 letters. Oh my gosh. Well, for someone like me, who's very insecure of, about who they are, I'm thinking, oh, I need to be like Vicky. Mm-hmm. So I literally would force myself in the morning to get up at four o'clock and I would call her on the phone just to talk with her to keep awake. Come to realize that that's not who the Lord made me. I'm mm. a night owl. <laughs> you know, I don't like to get up before 10 o'clock in the morning. Right. I can stay up until two o'clock and by midnight, I'm really getting my second wind. <laughs> but I was never allowed growing up to value myself. And so you look at other people and you see how wonderful they are. And so you try to emulate them. And 
you're never really sure of who you are. Mm-hmm. I think that I think you kind of put out there a lot of uh, a, a picture of what a lot of people feel in in their head. I mean, I can totally identify with that just in my own struggle to find out who I was supposed to be. Uh, you know, all my years of searching uh, for career and oh, and, yeah. and and uh, you know people's approval. And, mm-hmm. and to come to find out that God made me just specially for me and for me to be just an individual for him and to celebrate exactly. what he created me to be. But exactly. that's usually, that is the journey of the heart, really, for the, uh, the abuse victim. It is. And I have found that um, it wasn't until I gave my life to the Lord that I found a peace. Um, the shame and the guilt were taken away. Mm-hmm. They were never really mine to begin with, but when you're raised in a family where everything is quiet um, and you're the compliant child, you try to make everybody happy. And so you put on a thousand different hats and you try and tap dance as fast as you can to make everybody else happy. And if they're happy, then, gee, you should be happy too. Right. But it never ended up being that for me, mm-hmm. um, which was what the Lord knew to begin with. Right. So shame filtered down into a couple uh, different rules or, or family myths like, you know, children are to be seen and not heard, which then, you know, we adopt these internalized shame rules that basically say that, uh, you know, don't speak, don't say anything, or, you know, uh, why can't you be more like your brother? Things like that. that get internalized as, you know, having to be perfect, you know, perfectionism. Well, and it's, when you realize that you aren't even allowed to be curious about something mm-hmm. um, and you can't talk to anybody because you're not to talk. Right, right. Um, you're isolated. Right. And so you live with a lot of your own thoughts and ideas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which are filled with lies. Right. right. And right. those thoughts and those ideas become the very lenses that you look at life exactly. through. Well, and one of those that exactly. I'm hearing is... Um, God helps those who help themselves. Help themselves. Right. 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 But that's nowhere in the Bible. <laughs> uh, you know, so I guess this Sunday's sermon was, wasn't just for me. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, Sally and I you. go to the same church, and uh, <laughs> our pastor was talking about how, hey, motivational speaking is great, but only insofar as it's led by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and only insofar as it, it causes us to uh, repent and to be convicted about right. the truth. All right. So, you know, there's there's these shame rules that I think we can all mm-hmm. identify with. And I'm just wondering, you're helping people not just obviously from a clinical perspective as a nurse, mm-hmm. but you're uh, you're offering support from a personal perspective as well. And I'm just wondering, what are you seeing in terms of the some of the common re- results of women who have been sexually abused? Well, it's it's really scary when I when I was pregnant with my daughter, um, I could spot another pregnant woman five miles away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was you're, you're, you've mm-hmm. got this magnet or this lens. Mm-hmm. And um, when someone walks into my office to be connected with some medical resources or pharmaceutical assistance, and they start, and I start asking them questions about childhood or where their life is now, and I hear all of this negative talk, I'm like, I mean, it's a it's a huge neon sign going off in my heart. I know that this person has been abused. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't always mean that it's sexual, but I know that there's been abuse in their life. Um, 
because people who have come from healthy backgrounds, and I don't know too many of them. Um, <laughs> They're not people, in this room here. Right. Just <laughs> <don't know. laughs> yeah, no. But people who, who have come from, from healthy families, mm-hmm. they don't negate themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't have to try and change and make themselves different than who mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. There's a comfort level with who they are. Yeah. And for those of us who have abuse in our backgrounds, we don't have that comfort level. Right, right, right. Do you see women struggling with promiscuity who have been abused um, or alcoholism? I, I do. Um, we try to self-medicate with whatever we can find. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us use drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Some of us use food. Mm-hmm. Um, food has been a big thing in my life um, because we think that, gee, if I can change the way I look, then somebody's not going to be attracted to me and I'm not going to have to deal Right. With that sexual issue. Mm-hmm. But sexual abuse is not about a sexual attraction. It's about power and control. Right, right, right. So, but we don't know that at the time. And so my weight for me has been a huge issue. Yeah. Um, alcohol, drugs, TV, movies, just um, shopping, spending money, mm-hmm. looking for something to fill that void to take care of that deep ache that right. we carry with us, right. um, they will use anything. Right, right. So it's not just the drugs and the alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's anything that we think is going to fill that hole and make that ache go away. Well, and sometimes people put in that hole bitterness. So how often mm-hmm. do you see issues of unforgiveness come up? And how how important was it in your own journey to forgive your abusers, what did that forgiveness look like and what does it not include? Well, I did something um, that I do regret. Um, My brother, like I said, was my abuser, and I wrote him a scathing letter Mm. when I was starting to go through my healing process. Mm. Um, And foolishly, I mailed it, Mm -hmm. you know, so now he had to deal with my anger issues at what had happened. Um, I wasn't able to deal with my grandfather about it. And because of my relationship with my parents, I never really dealt with it with them either before they both died. Um, So that's something that, you know, the Lord has, has dealt with. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. um, I, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that I have, that I have fought and struggled with and I still do to this day, is finding my voice, Mm -hmm. being able to express it in a non-hurtful way Mm -hmm. um, to someone else or even to myself. Mm -hmm. I have to be, I have to give grace and mercy to myself. Mm -hmm. And that's difficult. Um, So I'm not sure if I answered your question, but maybe maybe, let me, let me follow up with that because I, because I, well, Sally, I'm hearing a lot of similar things that I've journeyed through too. So, your voice what do you what is the most difficult thing for you to express your voice? Is is it an emotional clarity? Um, is it feeling like you've had certain boundaries violated that with that person, but you don't know have a clarity of what that is? Now, folks, we're just doing little in house therapy here, but uh, <laughs> and I really appreciate it. I need it. <laughs> we all need it. So. <laughs> um, great, great insight because. Part of it resounds around anger. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with anger, and it can be anger at any little thing. 
um, but it seems to blow out of proportion for me. Um, and the feeling of not being heard and not being able to make um, a clear sentence structure sometimes, mm. I just quite don't get it right, mm. um, is also an issue with my voice. Right. And I think those of us who are abused fight that. Right. Um, because we've been silenced. Right. And Jason, you know, we've talked a lot about the anorexia, the sexual anorexia piece. And that's what I'm finding with dealing with men uh, that they really struggle with is having this emotional voice, having this clarity deep down in their heart. Because most of the time we felt just like you were talking about, Sally, that in our world, we, we couldn't really be ourselves. We had to be everything else. And so we've got all this jumbled up pictures and we fight through our lives, mostly when we become Christians, because God says, yeah, I love you. I created you just to be you. And then you literally have to fight all that other stuff throughout your life. That is the most difficult part of this is to accept God's love for me just as I am. Because I see my weaknesses. I see my faults. I see all of this junk um, that resides in me. And the messages that I got as a kid were, I'm not lovable the way I am, so I'm constantly having to try and change. So how is it possible for the God of the universe to have created me and love me right. as I am? Right. I think that is a huge thing to try and wrap yeah. um, the truth around mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And um, that's probably where my present journey is right now. Right. Is if, figuring that out. Yeah. If yeah. you're just tuning in, this is the Blazing Grace Show. We're visiting with Sally today, who is helping us understand a woman's journey from sexual abuse. And, uh, you know, uh, if you're not familiar with the term relational or sexual anorexia, as Rob was talking about just a second ago, that's the pattern of uh, intentionally or subconsciously sabotaging the intimacy in your relationship. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we do that as individuals is because, especially those that have been abused, is because we, with those messages from the enemy that mm -hmm. say we are not worthy or we don't have value, a lot of times in relationships, we don't think that we have anything to offer. Right. Mm -hmm. But my message, Sally, to you and to, to any of you that are listening, uh, uh, if you've been abused, um, that has nothing to do with your value. Absolutely. You know? Your value is determined by your creator. Exactly. And that's a loving God who says it. I am pleased with you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's that's our message um, today. And, and Sally, I'm just wondering, you know, there are many out there that are resistant to the, even that message of hope and love. And I'm just wondering if you can identify with that in your own journey. Was there a time of resistance and what helped you get through? There wasn't so much a time of resistance as much as there was this belief that, yeah, I was abused, but it really didn't affect me. Mm. Denial, maybe? Well, yeah, but I don't think you were even really aware right. that the right. abuse was causing... Right. Kind of a numbness, these, huh? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A numbness. Right, yeah. And I, I'd like to go back to something that Rob said. Um, the sexual anorexia stuff doesn't just deal with relationships. Mm -hmm. It affects your career. It affects mm -hmm. right. everything right. Um, that touches our lives. Yeah. Um, 
The human yeah. expression comes right out of our emotions. So if that is has been crippled by by abuse right. and these messages, you're right. It cripples everything. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I think, you know, growing up the way I did, I expected to find a job and, you know, something that I absolutely was passionate about. And I was going to do that the rest of my life. And I have worn a thousand hats. And that's the way the Lord made me. But I also went through a time of going, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with me? I can't seem to find where I'm supposed to be. I can't find my spot. So I think that that taps into that um, anorexic issue that that we go through. Right, right, right. For me, I struggle with a lot with bitterness and the poison of hating what my mom did to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't freed from that until I forgave her. Mm-hmm. And where are you in the process with, with forgiving your brother and your grandfather? Um, I, when, I, when I came to know the Lord, I, I recognized the enemy's hand in this. Mm. Um, that the Lord did not intend this to happen but other people use their power and their authority to use me to meet a need that they had. Um, my biggest anger was probably around my mother and my father, mm. not so much my abusers, because right. um, my parents could have dealt with it right. in a different way. Right. But knowing how they were raised um, and coming to terms with the fact that they did what they felt they had to do. Right. Um, you know, I have forgiven them. I don't carry that bitterness or that anger. Um, I'm just kind of walking through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm past that. Right. Trying to figure out the rest of this journey. Right. I kind right. of picture it as a washing of the residue, you know. Right. We literally have to right. take in God right. and have him washed out. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, Sally, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank what you a for joy and a blessing. Me. And let me tell you, um, maybe you're dealing with some of these similar issues or something struck a chord with you today. Maybe you were involved in some kind of sexual abuse and you know, it doesn't have to be legally abusive to be sexually right. traumatic or abusive mm-hmm. in, in the in the um, soul sense. But uh, it, it could have been something that was indirectly abusive. Maybe somebody didn't protect you. You know, Pia Melody said that anything less than nurturing is abusive. We, we're here to help, and we'd love to do that. But we'd love to also have you get in touch with Sally. Um, you can see her on the web at committedtofreedom.org. And if you'd like to go to a retreat that uh, she and her uh, partners are putting on, it's called Committed to Freedom, and it is uh, August 4th through the 6th in Divide, Colorado. So visit the website for more information. Um, maybe there, there are scholarships available okay. for people who might not be able to afford that. Great. Wow. Great. So get in touch soon because we'd like to see you get that healing. Um, we've got uh, the newsletter, the Blazing Grace newsletter. You can sign up for that at blazinggrace.org. And we got a recently a, a, an invitation from Ireland to be on a station there. And if you'd like to uh, be a part of getting this message to Ireland, uh, they're asking us to spend something like $70 a month. And so if you're called to do that, we'd love to partner with you to get the Blazing Grace show on in uh, in Ireland. Is that $70 a show? That would be $70 per show. So we'll help you do the math. Listen, thanks for <laughs> tuning in. And God bless you. We'll see you next week.
Thank you for tuning in to this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 625. Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the Internet at www.blazinggrace.org. That's www.blazinggrace.org forward slash radio htm on that page you'll find a downloadable copy of this show or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries look for blazing grace radio if you want help resolving a sexual addiction you can reach rob mcintyre and jason graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL that's 877-590-7685 desire for a specific subject to be covered on blazing grace tell mike janung what you want covered you can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening and may God shine his grace upon you.